I'm a biker. I mean, there is nothing better than riding a cycle. Yeah, the, this is a new brain bucket I've got. I mean, I love flames. And uh, yeah, it's a shorty. I, you know, it's not as hot. Uh, doesn't block my vision. You know, it breathes. Besides, it's just cool looking, isn't it? You know, I, I would suggest to you, if you're really serious about riding riding a cycle, that you get some leathers. You know, that uh, full leather armor is the only way to go. Uh, I just suggest maybe you invest in a good coat, maybe some gloves. And I'd get rid of the tennis shoes. You know, the laces, they're really dangerous riding. You want to see my iron chariot? She's a beauty, isn't she? Gorgeous. It's a Yama dog. Roadstar. Oh, it's a 1700. Yeah, it's got a great paint job. It's kind of just sold me. How fast? I don't know. I've never ridden it. Now, now look, I, I believe, I mean, just look at her. I got to think she can go fast. And the suspension, aerodynamics, I mean, she's got this great suspension. It's incredible. You know, I, I think she handles well, too. It's an incredible, incredible ride. Sweet? You bet. Hey, hey, where are you going? Why why are you shaking your head at me? I mean, what do you mean I'm a waxer? You know, bikers are supposed to stick together. Hey, buddy, paint up, rubber down, you know? That's about as silly as you can get, isn't it? I mean, nobody is going to buy a bike like this. Nobody's going to have this, get all geared up, and never ride it. It doesn't make sense, does it? But here's what I think. I think as Christians, that we've got this cycle called prayer, and we get all geared up. I mean, we talk about prayer. We, We believe in the importance of prayer. In fact, we even study about prayer. But for some reason, we seldom get on the bike. We seldom get on the cycle of prayer. In fact, I would argue that if you're not getting on that bike, that you're not living life. If you're not praying, you're not living life at its very best. I mean, it'll give you the ride of your life. And I was thinking as I was putting this message together that I'm really not sure why we don't get on the bike. And I'm also not sure that once you get on the bike, why we would ever get off the bike. I mean, it doesn't make sense. And so that's what I want to talk today about is is about prayer. You know, a couple weeks ago, my grandkids were down for the weekend and we got finished with church and had lunch, and then 
immediately they wanted to go downstairs and play Xbox. And so after playing Tony Hawk uh, Pro Skater 3, that's their favorite. We played it for quite a while. And they were like, we want to do something different, Grandpa. And so um, we decided that we would play Pac-Man World 2. Now, the two older kids, Isabel and Ethan, they want to watch the intro to these games. Dason, he's four, he did not want to watch it. See, Dason does not like the ghosts. He doesn't like Blinky, Pinky, Inky, and Clyde. And he goes, Grandpa, it's scary. And I'm like, suck it up, little baby. You know. (laughs) I didn't say that. (laughs) I said, Dason, there's nothing to be scared of. And the gang kids kind of chimed in. And then I look over, and he's sitting in the, in the chair. And he's watching this. Isabella, she believes she's the leader of everyone. She goes, just pray, Dason, it won't, and you won't be scared. About 15 seconds later, Dason goes, I did pray, Bella. It doesn't work. Isabella's like, well, I didn't hear you pray, and I'm sure God couldn't hear you either. And he goes, I did too. I prayed. She says, well, you did it wrong then. He goes, I did not. And she goes, you did too. You had your hands like this over your eyes, and Dason, they're supposed to be like this. You didn't do it like that. And I kind of watched this amazing theological discussion. Okay, theological argument. Playing Pac-Man, I mean, go figure. So I paused the game, and we talked about prayer for a few moments. And I believe what my grandkids were, were asking, those, those questions that there are questions that a lot of people struggle with. You know, does does God hear our prayers? How do we pray? Does prayer work? And I believe if you're not there now, you maybe have been there. Or maybe you'll be there in the future. I mean, you keep praying for a marriage. and, And you feel like, God's not moving. You know, you keep asking God to take away that addiction, but it's a daily battle. You know, you keep praying that God will open up a door of opportunity in your life, but the doors just keep slamming. You keep asking God to take away the the stress, the, the pressure, but it keeps stacking up. And in your mind, you're wondering, does prayer work? You're wondering if you're doing it wrong. You're wondering if God is listening. We've been looking at the life of Elijah. And I believe this is a guy that understood prayer. I mean, Elijah is bold. You know, God did these amazing things through him. 
And I think sometimes when we look at the men and women in Scripture, you know, we, we look at these men and women that God has done great things through, I think here's what we do with them. We elevate them to like superheroes. True? You know, Scripture says this. It says, Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Scripture says Elijah, he wasn't a superhero. He was like you and me. He was a regular person, no special superhero powers. He was just willing to be used by God. You know, Scripture says that Elijah prayed earnestly, and it didn't rain. For how long? Three and a half years. And the thing that hits me when I read about Elijah's life is that this guy, when it, when it came to prayer, he always brought his, his A game. You know, Elijah well, it was in a time when Ahab was king. He, he was an evil king. He was married to an evil woman named Jezebel. And they were taking the entire nation of Israel down a very, very troubling road. They were taking them away from God, turning people's hearts to false gods. The, the nation of Israel is deteriorating. And God looked at the situation and said, you know what, enough's enough. And so they, God calls Elijah to confront the king and culture. And he stands before the king and says, you know, because of the idolatry, there's not going to be any more rain. In fact, no more rain until God tells me otherwise. And so Elijah goes into hiding. Three and a half years, no rain. Finally, God calls him out of hiding. And uh, we talked last week uh, about this, that Elijah ends up challenging the 850 prophets of Baal and Asherah, kind of a showdown. He meets them up on Mount Carmel, and it's a death match. First one whose God answers with fire wins. Loser dies. So they build their altars. They put a sacrifice on it. And the prophets of Baal and Asherah, they... They pray and they dance and they worship all day long and nothing happens. Elijah steps up and prays and fire comes from heaven. And people's hearts are turned. 850 prophets of Baal and Asherah, they're executed that day on that mountain. And that's kind of where we're going to pick up today. It's where we pick up our, our story. You know, I like to read the story. How many of you have been reading uh, this. Been reading the story? I'd encourage you. It's a tremendous, tremendous story. It says, Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. The seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So many times I believe 
when we struggle with prayer. I mean, we, we struggle with uh, consistency in our, in our prayer lives, our authenticity. Uh, sometimes it feels like God doesn't hear us when we pray. But I think this story, I, I think there's some things that, that we can learn from the story. I, I believe there's some things that we can learn that will change the way we pray. In fact, I believe that it can transform your life. Some of the things we're going to talk about. And that you, you could actually walk out the doors today and never be the same. And so what I want to do is look at why was Elijah's prayer life uh, effective? Why did, why did God hear him? Why did it make a difference? You, you can talk about prayer. You can say prayer's important. In fact, you can believe that God hears our prayers. You can even believe he answers our prayers. But here's the deal. If you don't get on the bike of prayer, if you do not get on the cycle of prayer, the the fact is it doesn't matter. You know, Elijah, he gets geared up. He he heads to the summit of of Mount Carmel. He wants to spend some time with God. And so he gets on the cycle of prayer. You know, the first thing you've got to do when it comes to prayer is quit talking about it and get on the bike. This doesn't work, right? I mean, this doesn't work. How you get on the cycle of prayer, I think, is vital that we understand this. Because the, the fact is, this other stuff, this doesn't work. But this, this would work, wouldn't it? You know, Elijah gets on the cycle of prayer. He gets on in humility, and that's key. You know, it, it, he's effective in his prayer life. Why? Because, because he's humble. He's not casual about it. He's not like, hey, God, you know, let it rain. I'd kind of like to see rain, you know, on the fly. You ever, you ever, it's okay to pray on the fly, but that shouldn't be our main mode of prayer. Elijah, he sets time aside. He climbs the mountain to the very top of Mount Carmel. Why? So he could be alone with God. He falls down on his face. He falls to his knees. He humbles himself before God. I, I think physically, as, as he, he lays himself down, that it was a picture of what spiritually was going on inside of him. You know, I think Elijah was realizing that this was too big for him. I think he realized he was very, very small. I think he realized as he got on the cycle of prayer that he was incapable, that they needed rain, and he couldn't do it. You ever been there? You know, God, I'm small. You know, I'm, I'm tiny. I am not capable. I can't do this. I can't face this. I can't deal with this. But God, you're big. 
You're holy. You're all, you're all powerful. You, you are the creator and recreator. You are the sustainer. You are the healer. You are the provider. God, I can't do this. But you can. Here's my question. How are you getting on the cycle of prayer? Is it in humility? Is it God, use me? Is it your will be done? Think about that for a minute. I mean, you're not sure if you're getting on in humility? I would challenge you to do an audit of your prayer life. To, to take a look, first of all, like when you pray in your life. You know, is it, is it only when your back's against the wall, when you have no other options? Because that should tell you something. And then maybe look at why you pray. I mean, why do you pray? What's, what's your motive? What, what are you praying for? Are you praying for, for wealth, power, prosperity? Or is it, God, your will be done? You know, James says, you do not have what you want because why? You don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what gives you pleasure. Friends, I believe when you realize that God's the real deal, that when you realize that, when you get on the cycle of prayer in your life and you really connect I believe that there comes a point where you just put your life in God's hands. In the good times, as well as the bad. When, when you are willing to approach God, you know, with a, with a sense of awe, I, I think it's in that humility that God moves in our lives and in situations. You know, James 4, 6, it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And if you read, read on through, verse 10 says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will what? Lift you up. Humbling ourselves before God. You know, putting ourselves in a position of humility, you know, is when God moves in fact, I, I would argue that humility comes before, hear this, before the miraculous movement of God. That there has to be a humility at a point where we understand God is God and we are not and that God has full reign. People ask me sometimes why they can't move mountains. Well, friends... I believe it has to do with how we get on the bike. Humble yourself. Humble yourself before God. And so now we're on the bike of prayer. I believe we've got to know where you're going. You get on a bike like this, you need to know where you're going. You know, what I'm talking about is to be very specific in our prayer life. And this one's tough, isn't it? I mean, the, the fact is, so many times when we pray, we kind of pray generic, you know, uh, nondescript. It's like, God be with us. 
you know, God, give me strength. You know, God, help me. But we really don't put anything tangible with it. I'm suggesting that you get very specific. You know, Elijah was specific. He says, we need rain. It's been three and a half years. People are dying. We need some liquid H2O from heaven. He's very specific. When he, when he finishes praying, he tells his servant. And his servant knows what he's looking for. He says, go and look to the sea. So he's told someone else what, what he is expecting from God, what he's praying about, and he sends him to look. The servant sees nothing. Elijah's clear. We're looking for rain. He knew what it was. And this next part's really key. Really key. You get specific. You know, you got a specific prayer. You're riding the bike of prayer. Keep the throttle on. You've got to keep the throttle on. You know, Elijah, he, he, he humbles himself before God. He knows where he's going with his prayer. He's very specific. We need rain. He's a full throttle guy. He is persistent with his prayer. He doesn't let up. He doesn't quit. Servant goes and, and looks toward the sea. He comes back. He says, I don't see anything. Seven times, Elijah says, go back. He prays, go back. Praise, he goes back. I mean, picture, can you picture this? You know, Elijah says, go look. Guy comes back, goes, nothing. Okay, wait here. He prays again. He says, go, go look to the sea again. He comes back, I didn't see anything. He says, go back again. Okay, wait here. Let, let, me, let me pray. Let me, let me get you through this. And the guy keeps coming back, Nothing. Nothing, nothing. Okay, wait here. I'll pray some more. And it keeps going over and over and over. He pours out his heart. He pours out his heart. He says, go look again. And several more times, the servant goes. He returns and says, nothing, nothing. Go look again, nothing. Go look again, nothing. And on and on and on. And he sends him back seven times. Now, here, here's the deal. Elijah, when I, when I read this scripture, Elijah did not wonder if God was going to answer his prayers. Elijah was just not sure when God will answer. He just didn't know. He, he is laser focused. He is into the prayer, he keeps praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. And amazingly, he, he doesn't allow the outward circumstances to affect this inward assurance that he has. He just keeps praying. He, he wasn't phased by the fact that it didn't appear God was moving yet. No, he, he just keeps praying. Even though things aren't changing, he does not get frustrated. He just keeps praying over and over and over again. He doesn't throw in the towel. He doesn't say, ah, this doesn't work. No, what's he do? He goes full throttle. And he just keeps praying and praying and praying. 
James says in uh, James 5.16, it says, the earnest prayers of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So many times when we're down in life, when our, when our back's uh, against the wall, you ever have those times and you're praying, but it does, you just can't see God moving, can't see God doing anything. Remember that scripture. You know, I believe that should push us on, press us on to, to hit the throttle and to stay with our prayers, to be persistent, to be earnest with them and wait for God to move. Now, here, here's a question I've got for you. What have you quit praying for? What have you quit praying for? You know, what have you quit praying for? What do you need to start praying for again? You know, your, your marriage? Haven't seen much movement. I just quit praying. Your job? Just weary and tired. It's a dead end. It is what it is. And so you just give up. You know, praying for, for finances or a broken relationship. Maybe some of you have been praying a long time for someone that doesn't know Jesus Christ, doesn't have a relationship with God. And, and, and you just quit praying because you haven't seen any change in them. It's kind of like, why bother? What is it that you've quit praying for? Don't, don't say it out loud, but I want you to remember what it is. Because I, I am almost positive all of us, there's something that came to mind. Just kind of hold that, and we'll, we'll talk about it in a couple minutes. Okay? Earnest prayers have great power. I believe earnest prayers bring about wonderful results in life. Effective prayers, they, they start with the humility of how we get on the bike, you know, how we get on the cycle of prayer. You know, prayers that, that are very specific. We know where we're going. We're, we're full throttle. You know, we're persistent. Six times the servant comes back to Elijah. Nothing. Still Nothing. Nothing. Still nothing. The seventh time, everything changes. It says the seventh time, the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rains stop you. Now I want you to notice something here. The servant didn't come running back and go, Elijah, massive storm. Whoa, monsoons on its way. This is going to wash the mountain out. No, he didn't say that. He said, "Uh, there's a little bitty, really small, well, it's about the size of my hand. There's a cloud out there. It's about this size, the size of my hand here. Elijah activates the emergency broadcast system. 
this is not a test. This is storm four. Prepare for a golly wash. There's going to be mudslides. This is not a warning. Get down off the mountain now. Run for your lives before it's too late. And can you imagine the, the servant? He goes to the king. And he says, Ahab, emergency. Get down off the mountain now. Get down before it's too bad and you can't get down. Now, I kind of picture Ahab going, eh, little cloud. It's really small. Seriously? Yeah, I'm going to catch the forewarned storm center. Tell you what, why don't we call Steve Templeton? Uh, let's get a, get a lowdown on this. You know, find out. I mean, are, are we talking 20% chance, 25%? I, I thought the long-range forecast was clear, dry. Some of you, if you had been there on that mountain, and they say, get down. It's going to wash out. Hadn't rained in three and a half years. Remember that. Some of you would have been like, well, hmm. I guess when I feel some mist, feel some rain, like the first drop hits me in the head maybe, then, then we'll pack up. We'll start heading home then. True? Elijah fully expected it to rain. He sends out the warning. He calls for an evacuation. Of, he puts the word out. I mean, he believed, he expected God to move in a miraculous way. And he just took that stand. It says, meanwhile, the sky, it grew black with clouds. The wind rose, a heavy rain came on. And Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came upon Elijah and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. I mean, it must have been some storm. You know, I I can kind of picture Ahab. He's on his iron chariot, you know. He's heading down the mountain. He's trying to get out. He's, He's running for his life at some point because it is getting vicious. And I think Elijah must have been praying as he was running because we're told in Scripture that he outruns Ahab's chariot and he arrives at Jezreel first. I would argue, again, the power of God at work. God answers prayers. God answers prayers. And here's my guess this morning. I'm going to guess that some of you It's been a long time since you've got on the cycle of prayer. I'm going to guess for some of you that you've quit praying about some things. You know, remember the things I said, name it, you know, remember it? Maybe you need to start praying again. Some of you didn't keep at it because why? He didn't see God working. In fact, you're not sure prayer does work. 
And I'm going to guess for some of us that maybe we realize we've never really got on the cycle of prayer with humility. Oh, when our back's against the wall, we do. But in life, on a regular basis. And I also would be willing to bet that for some, we just haven't prayed. We've never got on the bike. I mean, we, we believe in prayer. We say prayer is important but we've never got on the cycle of prayer and really prayed. And here's what I want to do. We're going to close a little bit different um, today. I want to invite you to get on the cycle of prayer in your life. I'd invite you to, we're going to have a song here in a moment. And just during the song, where you're at, to use that song as a time of reflection, And you can lift up prayers where you're at, if you want. If you feel led, uh, there's going to be a few people down front. Um, Just come forward, and we'll pray with you. If you'd like to come forward and just pray on your own, do what God calls you to do. After the song, uh, there's not going to be a dismissal. So uh, I understand if you need to slide out. Just go, but uh, prayer team will stay here as long as we need to stay here, all right? But pray on. So I'm going to have prayer for us as a whole, and then we'll use the music as a time of reflection and do whatever God leads you to do, all right? Let's bow in prayer. Our holy God, God, we praise you. God, we thank you. And God, we, we come before you realizing you're in charge. You are the God of all things. And God, we just, um, we rest in you. And God, there are I know there are people here today that the waters are churning. God, I pray that um, you'd give them strength to keep praying on. God, there are those that have given up on a prayer, but I pray you'd reignite that passion in them to continue to pray continue to seek you. God, you promise that when we're earnest in prayer that you'll hear our prayers. So we lift those to you now. God, we praise you. We give you the glory. Just continue in prayer and let God minister to you.